Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing a post-game pod for the Mavs' loss against the Timberwolves, but also against their win against the uh, Rockets. I sort of skipped that game, um, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Plus, you know, other stuff going on around the NBA. But first... We will talk about the Mavs-Rockets game. Um, I didn't do a pod for this game because I just felt like it was boring. Um, I know uh, I know I should probably, I don't know, do one for, you know, I could do one for every game. That's kind of like another game, you know, back-to-backs. I like to try and put those together as one pod, but, you know, I could have done this. But, you know, Luka didn't play, and it was the Rockets. The Rockets... Even though I, I do like the the team that the Rockets are putting together, I, I think they're doing a good job of rebuilding, you know. Someone as you know, I'm not a Rockets fan, but you know, when I look at it, you know, I like I like their draft last year. I thought they got good players. Um I thought I think Shingoon's a really good player. I think Jalen Green's gonna be a really good player. You know, they still have Christian Wood and Eric Gordon who I think uh, Eric Gordon at some point's not going to be there anymore. He only had two points, which was interesting because he's, I think, a really good player. He he would really be good on the Mavs. But um, they're still, I mean, they're bottom of the league. I think they're last. If they're not last, they're close to last. So um, Luka didn't play this game. He sat it out. He probably <clears throat> needed to sit it out. So... You know, a lot of minutes were given out to guys. Um, <clears throat> a few that stick out was obviously Dinwiddie. He had 26 and Brunson had 28. They were the two leading scorers. Uh, Dinwiddie had six assists. Brunson had three. Uh, Dinwiddie had uh, six free throws. That's the one thing. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. It's one thing Dinwiddie does well is he gets to the free throw line. And... His free throw percentage isn't that great, but, uh, you know, at least he gets there. Um, Brunson had two free throws, and he missed them both. But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong stat. Dinwiddie had eight free throws, and he made six. Brunson had nine free throws, and he made eight. It was three pointers. That's the one thing that's sort of sticking out with Dinwiddie since he's been on the Mavs is his three-point percentage. Um... Some people believe that he's shooting a bit over his weight right now, I guess is what sort of a saying. Um, he's he's shooting very well from three since he's been a Maverick. Um, at the end of the day, I, I get, you know, I always sort of say percentages of percentages, but I do think when you are, let's say you're on a team where you're the primary focal person you're probably gonna get a lot of like Lucas three-point percentage isn't that great because a lot of his three-pointers are contested and you know sometimes he'll take bad ones and I get I'm not trying to I'm not a rag on Luke or anything obviously but you know sometimes he will take bad three-pointers um but with Dinwiddie playing here in Dallas you know, Luca and even Brunson gets a lot of attention, and it allows for just open three-point shots. And 
Brunson's three-point percentage this year is really good. Brunson's three-point shooting has been so good. I wish, you know, one of the things I said is sometimes he'll pump fake when I think he has a shot. And I wish he'd take the shot because he's shooting three so well. So, um, you know, against Houston, they, they shot it very poorly. You know, they were eight for 33. They shot 24%. But they got a lot of twos. Uh, that was one of the things they did do. They got a lot of twos. Um, one guy who I thought played very well, who hadn't been playing much, is Neil Aquina. One thing I do notice about Neil Aquina is he's always a plus in games. You know, he'll come in and he'll play maybe for 10 minutes, 8 minutes, and he'll be like a plus 3 or whatever. He's always a plus. And he's, it's funny because, and that's why a lot of people don't like plus minuses, because he'll be a plus, but he'll have like two points. But to me, there's more to the plus minus than just scoring. You know, it's how are you affecting the game? And I do think Nilakina's defense affects the game. I just do. I think he can guard multiple positions. He Obviously, he can guard the other team's best guard, and he's going to do it very well. He can frustrate those guards because he does have length. I remember last year when he was in New York, he would just – frustrate Luca because of his length <clears throat> and it's it's just one of those things where it's he can help you so overall um, it was it was a obviously a good win because they won without Luca but it was against the Rockets uh, Maxi still struggling with his shot he was 0 for three on his threes he did find two two-pointers to go in um, and that's what I, I keep trying to say. They need to find him shots under the basket. He, he's got to just go a whole game without shooting a three and find a way to get shots under the rim <clears throat> because his three-point shooting is atrocious right now. Uh, what's funny, the only minus last night was Sterling, or Wednesday night was Sterling Brown. Um, poor Sterling Brown. He is having a real rough go at it. Um, he was a minus 11. I... I'm probably the only one who likes Sterling Brown. He gets a lot of hate on um, Twitter and stuff. Sterling Brown, for one, doesn't make a lot of money. Sterling Brown's a very low-paid player. So he's. it's not like he's clogging up like your salary cap. You know, It's not like when I get frustrated at Hardaway. You know, well, he'll go three games in a row and he'll shoot. 10% from three, right? And he just keeps shooting because he shoots like 30 shots and he'll make like four of them. And it's frustrating because he's making, you know, 20 plus million a year and he's clogging, he's, you know, making or taking bad shots and missing them. With Sterling Brown, he's not making anything. He's barely, I think he's like making four million a year. He's not making anything. <clears throat> One thing he can do is he can defend. He really can. He's not great defender. I wouldn't put him as like a great. I think Nelkeen is like a great defender because I think he is. He's not a great defender, but he can defend. And you know, it's it's tough because right now he's not playing very much to really get his you know rhythm in shooting wise. So <clears throat> you know, he was zero for two. He just took two three pointers and he missed them. Um, he had three assists and two rebounds, but still, you know, after the game, everybody was just all over him, and it's like, man, come on. You know, the guy barely plays. He comes in. He doesn't play that great, and you're going to rag on him. I, 
you know, I felt like I feel like if he were to get consistently sixteen to twenty minutes a night, I think his game would pick up because I think he needs the. I think he just needs the time. I don't know, but pretty much most guys had like Josh Green. He was okay. He only had two points. You know, he was zero for twos on his threes, and he got one basket. So, um, Dorian Finney-Smith. Had a pretty good game. He shot poorly from three. So did Bullock. Bullock was really bad from three. Um, pretty much everybody was bad from three except Sterling Brown or uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie was four for six, like I said. So um, bad shooting night, but they still came out with the win. Um, as far as the Minnesota game, so I'm doing this on um, Saturday morning. Minnesota game was not a fun game. This was one of those, another game where just poor, poor three-point shooting. Very poor three-point shooting. Um, the only person that shot well was Luca. He was 5 for 11 on his threes, 45%. He had 10 rebounds, 8 assists. I don't even know how he got 8 assists. Second-leading scorer of the night was Powell. Um, I will give Powell credit. He has been playing better lately. Uh, you know, his defense is picking up. Uh, you know, he still struggles to rebound. You know, he only had five rebounds. Brunson had six rebounds. Bullock had eight rebounds. You know, Maxie had six. Like, he's your starting center, and he still can't rebound. Uh, but, you know, it's... The rebound battle was tied, so you, you you can't really, like, complain too much, but at the end of the day, you would still like to get more rebounds from your starting center. Uh, the biggest uh, negatives in this game was everybody. Nilakina, like I said, he was a positive. Somehow, he played 10 minutes and he was a plus four. Um, one thing I didn't understand is why Marquise Chris wasn't getting some playing time. It was pretty clear that they needed somebody like Chris out there, and I, I don't understand why he's not playing. I don't know why. They signed him if they're just not going to play him. There were guys out there you could have, I mean, you could have just let him go and sign Drogic, and Drogic could have contributed to your team. You know, because Dinwiddie's big enough to play a ball handling three. So you could have had a four guard lineup technically. You could have put out a lineup of Luka, Drogic, Brunson, and Dinwiddie and been fine because Luka can play the four and Dinwiddie can play the three just fine. And you know, but they signed Chris because they needed a big, but guess what? They don't use him. So why'd you sign him? You know, you could have signed somebody that you could have used. So it's, it's the stuff like that's frustrating. I think they should play him. I think he can play. I think he should play, but you know, he played six minutes last night. He got one shot and he made it. I didn't see it. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't catch the end of the game. I was over it. The shooting was so bad that I just, I was, I was like, what am I watching? You know, Bullock was 0 for 6. Dorian Finney-Smith, 1 for 8. Brunson was 1 for 6. And these are three-pointers. You know, even Dinwiddie was 1 for 5. Maxi 1 for 6. Josh Green was 1 for 1. That's, I guess, the best shooting on the team. But he only took one. But it was just overall a terrible basketball game by the Mavericks. You know, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, Minnesota's defense. Minnesota's defense. But I'm looking at it, and I was like, I've watched the game. These were open shots. These guys were, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith got so many open looks, and he just could not make it. And, you know, he's not normally 
someone who, you know, has a bad game like that, but I think that's two in a row for him, and so maybe he needs a day off. I don't know, but I, you just can't survive being a three-point shooting team like that, and then just not making your threes. That's you know, this team it reminds me a lot of the the Rockets teams throughout those years. Um, I do obviously think Luca plays a bigger role than James Harden did. I do think there's a lot more movement in the Mavericks offense than the Rockets did. But at the end of the day, the only thing the Rockets did was just shoot threes. So um, it's that's just that was their team. And they did pretty well. You know, they got to the Western Conference Finals. You know, if you all it takes is for you to get hot for a month. But, you know, it's one of the reasons I like Dinwiddie so much coming to this team is because he's not a guy that's just going to sit back and shoot threes. You know, Dinwiddie, he, his size, you know, he knows he's a big guard and he knows he can get to the rim and he knows he can, you know, get fouled and stuff like that. So that was one of the reasons why I like the addition of um, Dinwiddie. So I sort of figured they would have lose lose this game. Look, Minnesota's been playing very well. They lost two in a row because they, they lost to, I think, Phoenix the other night. And, you know, they lost to the Mavericks on Monday. So Minnesota's been playing really good. So I knew they would um, probably win this game, even if Mavericks played well. But the Mavericks played like garbage. And so that even that made it even worse for them. So it's too bad. Uh, Minnesota. Uh, Charlotte beat Utah last night, so, you know, helped Dallas out. Um, Atlanta beat Golden State. Uh, You know, those are the teams in front of uh, Dallas that they could have, you know, picked up a game on. And, you know, when you look at the Western Conference standings, you know, Dallas is still sitting at five, but they're tied with Utah. And their next game on Sunday is against the Utah Jazz. So this, you know, is an important game for Dallas. Um, you know, Dallas still has some tough games left. So I just, I this is a home game, I'm pretty sure, because I, I, I think they've played all their, uh, I think they've played two in Utah already. So this should be a home game for them. Yes, it is. Um, it's a home game. So... It's it's a game they need to take advantage of, and they need to win. Um, you know, Milwaukee plays uh, Memphis tonight, and John Morant, I think, is pretty much out for the rest of the regular season. However, that team, man, I, I can only imagine what that team would be like with Luka on it. And I'm not saying, like, Oh, I am saying Luke is better than Jaw. That's that's to me that's a no brainer. Um, I know a lot of people in the national media seem to think differently, but I, that's a good thing. I really don't care about them. But that the the team they've put together in Memphis is just incredible. I, I think their coach is one of the best coaches in the league, and he doesn't get talked about enough. So I can only imagine that team with Luca on it. Um, and you know. I, and that's kind of brings up something that you know people are talking about online about you know there's some there's some there's always 
you know, Twitter's a place that I really don't care for, but I go on there to read the news, uh, sports news. I don't, I don't really pay attention to much other news, but I go on there to read sports news. Um, and, you know, there's some people who think that it's crazy to let Jalen Brunson go this offseason. And, you know, me for one, or I for one, however you want to say it. Uh, I I think I like I like Brunson. I do, but for me, you're gonna have a really hard time upgrading your roster if you pay Brunson twenty plus million dollars. Because you know, three of the four highest paid players on your team will be guards, and you know, point guards, and they're all playing the same position now. Like I said, you know, Dinwiddie can slide to a three and just be a ball handling three, and you can play a three guard lineup no problem because of, you know, the size of Luca and Dinwiddie, and that's great. But if you're gonna do that, I, I think you've got to find a way to move Tim Hardaway. You just got to move off of him, and I just don't think that's possible. I, I thought it was a bad decision to keep him, and. Because of that, they're not going to be able to get rid of them. And the only way you're going to improve your team is by trading Brunson in the offseason. And it's not, like I said, I don't want to, but they've put themselves in this position to where they're going to have to make that move if they want to improve their team. Because if not, you know, basically Milikin is coming off this team, and then it's your draft pick coming on this team, and then that's your team next year. So, you know, looking at some mock drafts people have, you know, some guy, one of them, one of the mock drafts I looked at, the guy, he basically takes players and, you know, where they would be drafted in that area, and then he says, oh, this player could use this guy, this player could use. So he, you know, for the Mavs pick, he had them taking this uh, center uh, out of Arizona, um, who I haven't watched. I didn't watch any Arizona basketball. I, I didn't watch a ton of college basketball. I have watched some this during this tournament, but um, the center out of Arizona is a bit older. He's 22, and he's 7 feet, and basically he's a defender, rebounder, lob threat guy. And that's it's funny because it's who I would love Dallas to get because it's a guy who's older, so he's probably going to play. You know, usually older rookies play because, you know, they're more experienced. And, you know, when you're picking in the 20s where Dallas picks, you've got to find that guy, that rotational player that can help you. You know, the, the first 10 picks are usually guys who are, um, you know, going to bad teams, the project players, you know, some of them are, you know, they're 19 years old. They're not going to impact the league for another couple years. So... You know, Dallas isn't going to get anybody like that. They don't need anybody like that. They need a guy who can come in, who could play, who can def defend, he can rebound. He's a big, and honestly, he'd probably start on this team. And that's just what they need. But they also need to improve their roster overall. You know, some people were saying they need to flip Maxi for this or flip Maxi. Well, for one thing, Maxi doesn't make a lot of money. You're not flipping Maxi for anything because Maxi doesn't make a lot of money. 
Um, you got to take that into consideration. So if you're going to flip somebody, you got to flip either Hardaway or Brunson. And the market for Hardaway is probably zero. Nobody's interested. Uh, I think that was determined at the trade deadline. I, I think they were gauging everyone's interest in Hardaway, and I think it was zero. The interest in Brunson is great. I mean, everybody wants Brunson. I, New York Knicks will probably offer him $25 million a year. And so if you can make a trade with New York and just bring in some quality players, um, I, I don't know, you know, Cam Reddish is, might be one. I know he's not playing great for New York, but I don't like New York's coach. So I don't think he knows what he's doing. I, I think he's an idiot. But <clears throat> I, I think you could get Cam Reddish and maybe even your draft pick back for next year. And maybe, I don't know, there's other, Mitchell Robinson. I don't know, I think Mitchell Robinson's a free agent. And so, you know, one of the things is they said Dallas is interested in Mitchell Robinson. Well, if you're interested in Mitchell Robinson, guess what? you got to move on some players. So they're going to have to move on some people. And I would hate, and I, I know you can't do a double sign and trade. I don't think you can. That's what someone was saying the rules were. You can't do a double, <clears throat> a double sign and trade. So um, if Dallas is going to get Mitchell Robinson, they're going to have to get creative. You know, so, you know, maybe it's they let Brunson go for nothing and sign Mitchell. I don't know. But if they're able to get that big from Arizona, then why would you go after Mitchell Robinson? Mitchell Robinson is a good defender. He is good. Um, he is a good lob threat. He's a good rebounder. Um, he doesn't do anything other than that. And it's just tough to overpay guys like that. Um, you know, as much as I complain about Powell, Powell doesn't make a ton. Powell only makes like 10, 11 a year. So, if you're going to pay Robinson, I mean, what are you going to pay Robinson? 18? I, I don't know. Um, another guy you, you could try to move on from is Bertans. I don't know how much interest in Bertans there's going to be around the league. Uh, but one good thing about Bertans is he's a shooter. Right now he's not shooting that great, but he's a shooter, and he doesn't have a ton of time left on his contract. So it is somebody that's somewhat movable because his contract is – sort of coming to an end. Um, I think he still has two years left after this. So, uh, you know, maybe it's one. I don't know. Maybe it's two. I can't remember. But, you know, if you, you've got to figure out how to move Bertans and Hardaway. And if you can't do that, then you're going to have to move Brunson. Because if not, you're just going to have the same team. And this, this team... As we see, it's still a fifth seed. I know it was a good job getting rid of Porzingis, and you. I think you upgraded your talent. Um, and I, while I do like Porzingis, Porzingis had a really good game last night. Uh, you know, they beat Detroit. Detroit's not that good. You know, Porzingis had 30 points. He had 10 rebounds. He had two blocks, two steals, and three assists. You know, he played very well. But at the end of the day, you know, he's probably not going to, you know, finish the season. I don't know. Maybe he will. Good for him if he does. But like I said, they also played Detroit. Detroit's at the bottom of the league. They're another team that's going to be, you know, top five lottery pick. Um, they actually have – they're tied for the 
second worst record in the league. So, you know, good on Washington for beating them. Washington's probably not going to make the playoffs. There's not enough time for them to come back and make it. So they they will miss the playoffs. Uh, there's not that many games left. And, you know, for a team like New York to catch Atlanta in the East and San Antonio to catch the Lakers or the Pelicans in the West, I, I just don't think it's possible. Now, San Antonio does have a better... A better chance because they're only two games back, um, but I, I just they're not winning a ton of games. San Antonio is another team that needs to upgrade their talent. Um, I don't know what San Antonio does to do that except basically draft well. And the problem with San Antonio I've always had is they've they've been a bad team for several years now, but they try to make the playoffs. And when you do that, when you're a bad team and you make the playoffs, you overachieve and make the eighth seed and then get swept, right? You're just, you're prolonging your mediocrity because you can't get a good draft pick and you're a, you're a place where nobody wants to play. So, you know, it, you just, you, at, some, at some point you've got to be bad, you know, at least Dallas was bad for a couple of years and that's how they got Luka. Now they they kind of um, unfortunately they Luca was pretty much all they got, you know. Whereas you know some teams like um, like Houston, I guess they had four picks and they were able to turn those into four you know decent players, and they're going to get another good pick this this year. And you know it's I think what the problem was is when Luca came in, he was already their best player and it's like okay this guy's already an all-star so you can't tank your second year because he's too good so you know Dallas didn't really have enough time to draft um you know guys and and you know unfortunately Dennis Smith Jr. I, which I thought was good like I said he's a free agent actually right now um it, you would have to waive somebody, probably, uh, and I think the only person you can really waive is Nilakina, and I don't want to do that. But you could have Dennis Smith Jr. right now if you wanted him, but he's injured, I think, also. So he's somebody they could bring back in the offseason if they wanted. You could probably get him for cheap um, if they could figure out a way to move Burke. You know, if if they could figure out a a trade where they're moving more guys than they're bringing in. It would allow them to sign some free agents. And look, I know Dennis Smith Jr. is not changing the this team at all. Like, you know, he he's an okay player, but they need to be in a position where they can sign guys. And they're just not in a position where they can sign guys. They got they got a lot of guys on their team who just aren't that great. They're not good. And there's a lot of them. They're still under contract, you know. I think, um, you know, if you could figure out a trade where you're putting somebody like, if you say you are going to trade like Brunson, and you can put Burke, and you can put Sterling Brown, and you can put, I don't know, maybe maybe even just those three. Maybe Bertons even, but it, you start putting all those guys in, you've got to, the Brunson, Brown, and Burke would be, you know, a lot of money just on its own, but... 
you could put those three in a trade and bring back just one player. You know, you've done something, you know, like a Jeremy Grant. Now, I don't know if Jeremy Grant's his availability. I know he's going to be available. I don't know if he wants to play for Dallas because Jeremy Grant's a guy who wants stats over winning. And it's kind of weird um, that he's – it's very rare, I think, for a player to pretty much come out and just say that, oh, I want to be the main guy. I don't care if I'm losing. To me, you're just I, – I, I don't know the way I, because for me, it's like, I I can see it because it's like he just wants to play basketball. He wants to be the guy. He wants to play basketball. He wants to be the guy. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be a role player where he's barely touching the ball and, you know, he's just like, you know, maybe he gets eight shots this game. Maybe he gets four the next. He doesn't want to be that guy. He wants a lot of shots. And if he's okay with losing and doing that, I mean, more power to him, but you know he. Uh, one thing I've seen is Portland has a lot of interest in him. Uh, Portland does have some players they can trade for him as well. You know, Portland sort of overhauled their roster. He would actually be probably their second best player uh, behind Lillard. Um, I do think they'll keep Lillard, but he would be their second best player, and you know he would fit on their team. Um, I think Nurkic is a free agent. That would be a guy that Dallas could go after. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just curious to see what Dallas does this offseason because if you, don't, if you don't move on some of your big contracts like Hardaway or Bertans, then you just, you're not going to be able to keep Brunson. And like I said, I'd like to keep Brunson, but they've put themselves in this position where they've got contracts that are unmovable, as they say, and... You, because of that, you're just you're sort of stuck. You either have to move a guy that is movable, or it's like Porzingis. You know, Porzingis got to where he was movable, and so they did it, and I that was great. I, I thought that was a good decision. I know a lot of people were against it at the time, but you know, it's I like the trade because for me it was about availability, and you know, if Porzingis could play seventy to seventy five games a year. I would love to have Porzingis, but he's not doing that. He's going to probably play 40 to 50, and where those 40 to 50 are, you have no idea, and they could be in the playoffs for all you know, and you need that guy. If he's going to be your second or your highest paid player, he's, he was Dallas's highest paid player. If he's going to be your second best player, he's got to be there all the time. You know, it's the sort of thing with Anthony Davis, you know, with the Lakers. You know, the to me, the reason they won the finals in the bubble is because they only had to keep them healthy for a month. And they did it, right? You know? And it's like, that's all you had to do is keep them healthy for a month and you can win the finals. But now, since the, there is no bubble, you're doing a season, he's, he's just, he can't win because he can't win because he's not there. And that's one of the things that's annoying about Anthony Davis. So, but, you know, I like seeing the Lakers lose, so... You know, Lakers are 10th in the West right now. Uh, they're not winning many games right now. I I think, um, you know, the season is coming to an end, and, you know, I do think they'll make the play-in. I do think it'll be officiated to where they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to let the Lakers miss the playoffs. Uh, you know, the Lakers play New Orleans in their next game, which is, I would say, a big game. It's basically home court for that first play-in game. 
But, uh, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't think that, um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think San Antonio will catch him. Yeah, you know, San Antonio, they play New Orleans tonight, which is a big game for them because it, it'll bring them a game closer if they can win. Um, I do like, um, you know, I do like San Antonio's roster. Uh, not raw, not all of them, but like, uh, you know, just some of the guy like DeJounte Murray. I think he's a good player. Uh, I, I do like Lonnie Walker. I know he's not, he's not that great. He's, he, he's sort of been relegated to this bench role. Um, I, I think early on in his San Antonio career, he was a starter. But he's been, you know, sort of relegated to this the, the bench role, and you know, the, Keldon Johnson's a guy they have. Another guy, he, you know, in their last game, you know, I was looking at their box score. Last game they played was Portland a few nights back, and Murray scored twenty eight, and Johnson scored twenty six. I, I think Johnson's a good player. I I like Yaka Pertle as a big. I know he gets dunked on a lot, but he had six blocks, you know. Um, San Antonio has Josh Richardson, which is funny, who had 15 points. He did shoot 27% from three, which is kind of funny. But, you know, they have Zach Collins is a guy who they're taking a chance on because, you know, he was um, he was injured for like two years, and he's back playing. And good for him. He, you know, he had nine rebounds um, in 22 minutes, and he had eight points. But he's got a long way to go before he comes back. Um, you know, their draft pick last year was this Primo guy. Primo is a very young player from what I understand. And so um, I think he's the youngest player in the league at this uh, right now. So they've, you know, they're working on building their team. I and mean, I think they, they should miss, like, they should try to lose. I, I know you don't want that losing mentality, but... Man, if they could get a good draft pick, I I think they've got the the guts of a quality roster. They just need an all star. Uh, Murray's the closest thing they have to an all star, and I'd oh man, I'd love to have Murray on the Mavs. Holy cow! But um, you know, Murray's might be a guy that's available at some point. Um, I know he they would like to keep him, but you know they're draft pick this primo he's also a guard uh, they could also obviously play two guards with you know murray's defensive abilities you know one of the best defensive guards in the league so i don't know uh, just a, another guy that i'd love to have on the mavericks but um you know kind of a wishful thinking type thing i know a lot of a lot of you know people i, I read and watch and listen to they're like oh zach levine and, and it's like oh, you're not getting zach levine <laughs> you know it's like you got to be realistic about players you can get and so i try to do that and i i think murray's a realistic player that dallas might have a chance at so um i just don't think it'll happen but because then you really would have to move on brunson because you couldn't have that many guards that especially being your highest paid guys so um, anyhow, Mavs next game, Utah Jazz. Uh, hopefully they can get the win. They're tied right now, 
I think Utah's got the tiebreaker at the moment. If Dallas can win, they'll be a game up. And if they end the year with the same record, then the tiebreaker goes to something else because they'd be 2-2. So this is a very important game for them. I don't know what the second tiebreaker is, and I don't know who's who's got the advantage, but um, it would be nice for Dallas to get the win just to move up and, you know, just record-wise. So, because... You know, it's after after Utah. You know, Dallas plays on Tuesday, the 29th. They play the Lakers. That's a game at home that they should be able to win. Lakers aren't good. Then they play Wednesday in Cleveland. You know, Cleveland's struggling right now. They're missing some guys. They're still a very good team. They're a very big team, and that's what I worry about. Um, with Cleveland, but they play Tuesday and Wednesday. And after that, they play Friday in Washington, which will be interesting against Porzingis. Uh, Washington is a good team, but they're not great. It's a winnable game for Dallas. Um, Dallas really needs to go in and win that game. And then they play Milwaukee in Milwaukee. That's a game they probably lose. I would like to see them compete, but it's a game they would probably lose. Uh, one thing that um, I think that would one thing the reason why I think playing a team like Milwaukee is better than say playing a team like Minnesota is Milwaukee doesn't have a ton of athletes that run up and down the court. Milwaukee is a lot like Dallas, where they're just they're. They know what they want to do. They want to run a half-court set. They think they're better than you in the half-court, and they probably are. And Dallas is the same way. And if a team's going to run out, run on you, um, then Dallas really has a hard time with that. You know, Charlotte ran them off the court. You know, they were able to beat Minnesota Monday night, but Minnesota ran them off the court Friday night. You know, that's Minnesota is sort of the only team, I think, that's, in the West, in the playoffs, that I, Memphis is a team without Jaw, they'll run you off the court. With Jaw, they do again in half court sets, and I think that's why they're better with and without Jaw Morant. You know, they're better without Jaw Morant because they run you off the court. Um, they're still good with Jaw Morant because they are good in their half court set. But Jaw Morant does run, but I do think they're more half court team with him in the game. But Utah's not a running team. Golden State really doesn't run like they used to. Um, the players have gotten a little bit older now. Their bench does run, and their but their bench isn't as good as they used to be. Um, Phoenix is just as better than you. That's just their five guys they have are just better, and that's why Phoenix is so good. They all do a half court, you know. They'll they'll run you half court, and then they'll just beat you because they're just better than you. And that's you know that's why Phoenix is so good. I think Phoenix probably at this point. I know I thought Golden State, but Golden State's just not who the, I thought they were. I thought they could be better, but they're not. Um, I, I think Phoenix is going to be representing the West in the finals. Again, I think they're too good. I don't think there's a team that can beat them. If Denver gets Murray and Porter back, which I don't know if that's happening, maybe they can. there's a chance that those guys can make a difference. They can play their way into shape in the first round. Um, but they would face Golden State in the first round right now, which would be a tough matchup for them. But Golden State's not playing that well, and Curry's out. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, 
But anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I'll, I'll do a pod on Monday after the... You know, the Jazz game is an early game. Maybe I'll try and do it tomorrow night. I normally don't do try to do them two days in a row, but we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll see if I can make it to... Uh, we'll see if I'm able to do a pod that night. Uh, if not, I'll just do one on Monday. But until then, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. If you could rate and review your podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you later.